Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Where were Adam and Eve born? Paradise is perfect. Everything was perfect. But what did they do? Chose to try to be God themselves. I'll rule my own life. This is exactly what these people do. They're only there a few days. I don't know how many days Adam and Eve were there before they did. These people, up to a thousand years in paradise. Everything is perfect. And they choose to rebel against God. It's not the environment. It's the heart of man. For a long time, behavioral scientists have had the idea that people's actions are determined merely by their environment. They believe that if you take someone from a bad living situation and move them to a better living situation, that the student will improve. Unfortunately, this doesn't solve the problem of what's inside men and women. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the problem of sin. He'll be telling you that your frustration in trying to live your life properly stems from the nature you were born with. He'll be telling you how to get away from doing the things that displease God and instead please Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Paradise Restored During the Millennium. Animals didn't kill each other in those days, not at all. It wasn't until after the flood that God said, you can have meat. But I don't know what that really means. But verse 8 gives me shivers. Look at verse 8. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. Now remember, there's no fear. So that means it's going to be safe. That's impossible for us to understand. Now, here's the big one. The length of life will be increased. Well, of course. Isaiah 65, 20. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days. What does that mean? That means children that were born and maybe a day after they die, they die because of some kind of a disease or whatever, stillborn, that kind of a thing. But it's much broader than that. Notice here. There never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days. You know what Australia just did last week? I was studying the news. They have approved, just like New York has and many other states now, when a baby comes out and the baby's alive, the mother can say, kill the baby. And what made me so mad. I know I shouldn't be like that, but I was angry. The guy that was pronouncing this, he's like the second person in Australia, leader, And he says, I have to apologize to the whole nation of Australia. We should have put this law in 20 years ago. Well, what's going to happen? There's no abortions 
in the millennium. Amen? There's some kind of walk today on 192 to saying abortion's wrong. Obviously, it's killing. Now, when you see the rest, take a look at this as you walk through here. Or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at 100 will be thought to be a mere youth. Man, next week, I'm 76, baby. I'm a young... Well, probably not. <laughs> if it doesn't come pretty soon, you'll see me later, but I'll have a brand new body by then. Okay, so can you think of that? And what that's really saying to us, he who fails to reach 100 will be considered a curse. <laughs> We're going to live to be a 1,000 years old. Somewhere who is less dies at 100. What in the world? You're a child. Well, that's going to be amazing. Here's the big one for lots of people. There will be no more birth defects or sickness. Here's what it says. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. What is that? No disabilities at all. Now, everything I'm reading that's going to be corrected in the millennium, who caused all that? Satan. God never said, well, let's have some children be blind. Never. Satan. Steal, kill, destroy. Where is he? Tied up. Can't do anything. That's going to be paradise. It's going to be paradise. We'll all be perfect because of God. Now, watch next. There will be perfect justice. Isaiah 11.4. He will give justice to the poor. Make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word. And one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. You'll see that in a moment. In other words, no more unjust trials. Dishonest lawyers. And dishonest judges. People that have their own way of thinking. And one of the questions probably comes to our mind. Well, Pastor Mark, let's just think where we were. The tribulation is done, and we go right into a thousand years of paradise. Well, right after that paradise is a new heaven and a new earth that's going to be created. Why don't we just skip that? Why did God put this thousand years in here? Why don't we just go over to heaven? Everything's perfect. Brand new heaven, brand new earth. We'll get to that later. Why God put millennium in the middle? I'll show you why. It's going to be very important for you to understand his love and his heart for people. Remember this pr principle? God wants no one to perish. But here's another thing. The greatest freedom man has is to choose. Choose God or choose to reject God. Everyone has that. That's the greatest freedom God ever gave us. Choose you this day who you will serve. So you can never blame God if you end up separated from God forever because you chose it. Now, mostly you chose it because Satan deceived you. So here's one reason for the millennium, to reveal man's sinful nature and that everyone needs a savior. I'll show you how that exactly works. Another reason for the millennium is to fulfill the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth. 
God's will is never done all the time on earth at all. I want that in my life. You want that in your life. But the world doesn't care about God. And so they rebel against him. Now, in Revelation 2.27, I'll read it to you. It says this. He, Jesus, will rule them with a rod of iron. Whoa, that sounds like you're just going to take care of that. No, it means this. Tough, honest justice because Jesus is righteous. He knows exactly what's happening. Now, you're going to see in a moment how that's going to work. During the millennium, the citizens of the earth, of course, they're all believers when they came in, and they'll acknowledge and submit to the lordship. But there'll be times, and you'll see why in a moment, that there has to be enforced righteousness by Jesus on the earth. And when that uprising comes, God will send even us and and other people out to say, settle down, we're not going to have any kind of this Nobody's going to be hurt. You don't have any weapons, nothing like that. You just need to be at peace, and we're going to go out to do that. Now, understand this. When we come into the thousand-year reign, there's going to be actually two kinds of people. It all starts with one type of people. You and I, when we came down with Jesus at the end of the tribulation, the second coming, what kind of body did we have when we came down with Jesus? We had a supernatural body. Because we'd already been in heaven. We were waiting for the second coming. So when we came, we had our perfect body. But there's other people that go into the millennium. And these are people who are Christians, but they weren't killed during the tribulation. The unbelievers were all killed. So the people going in to the millennium were Christians. Now, as they went into the millennium, what kind of body did they have? They had a human body, just like this. They had not been gone to heaven and got their glorified body. So you have those of us walking around that came from heaven, and we're here, we have our glorified body, we can go anywhere and do whatever we want. But these people come into that tribulation. In other words, everybody is in there is going to be a believer. Now, you have a thousand years. Let's see how smart you are. Let's see if you get this. You have a thousand years, and we're not having any children, because we're in our perfect body. Marriage is done. We're finished. We're just loving everybody. But here comes these people who are in their bodies, just like your body and my body. Okay, they come into the thousand-year reign. A thousand years in your marriage. Now, don't look at me like that. So they're, they're Christians, but they're in their old bodies. Okay, a thousand years. On day one, you say to your wife, she says, not tonight. (laughs) Well, you got 324,000 days to go. (laughs) Hopefully one night she's going to go, okay. And what happens? Those of you that are lost, I'll do a course on sexuality later for you. (laughs) What do we do? What did Jesus say in the beginning? Multiply. So during the thousand years, there's going to be what born? Children. You had intercourse with your wife, and there's going to be a child born. That's wonderful. I don't know how many, a thousand years could be quite a few kids born in a thousand years. Now, when they're born, what kind of nature do they have? They have a sin nature. We say, Pastor Mark, that isn't fair. We were all born with a sin nature. Since Adam and Eve, their DNA went to everybody. So the parents are Christians, I'm a Christian today, but I still have an old sin nature. Don't you? We fight it. 
The devil's always in there stirring us up, tempting us. So these children are going to, by the way, do they have any time to grow? A thousand years. And so you're going to have adults. And what are they going to have to do? Choose to submit to God or reject it. Are you understanding me? Are you looking at me like I'm blank? Do you understand what I just said? This is why the millennium. Because God wanted people who were going to be born during that time to have the opportunity to choose Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He loved them. He knew what was going to happen. Now, you'll see as we move through this what takes place. So look at verse 7. Right in your Bibles, Revelation 27. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Now, Gog and Magog, this is not the one that we talk about in the book of Ezekiel. This is later. So when Satan is released, what's the first thing he's going to do? Try to go into battle, kill people, cause all kinds of hassle. Just do everything. So he's gathering the nations together to come to Jerusalem and try to kill Jesus and get the authority of the earth back under him. That's exactly what he's going to do. Now, he says he's going to go to the four corners of the earth, God can make it, to gather them from battle. Now, that means there's a lot of people that were born during that tribulation, and he's going to try to get them. And after this, he's going to do this. He's going to go to them and say this, join me. And I guarantee you, we will win this battle against Jesus Christ. And we will take over the earth again as it used to be. He said, well, that's terrible. Well, that's what Satan does. He's a liar. He's saying that to the people who were born as children and now probably obviously adults after a thousand years. And think about this decision. You're born... Into what kind of a world as a young baby and then get older, you're a teenager, you're 20, you're 25, you're 40. What kind of world did you live in all those thousand years? Was it horrible? No, it's paradise. It's utopia. And a whole thousand years, they were under God's loving care, his absolutely justice going through. They were watching you and I in our spiritual bodies. They're watching us. And they hear mom and dad one day say as they're being raised, we'll see you in a few days. Mom and dad are going to Hawaii. Woo! And they come back in three days, and the kid doesn't get it yet. He said, what plane did you take? We don't need a plane. We just say Hawaii, and we go there. Anybody excited about that? And you're, okay. What did Jesus do? Walk through doors. We're going to have that. So there they are. They're seeing all this. They're seeing the joy that we have serving God. There's no pain. There's no murder. There's no crime. There's no rape. There's no abortions. The love of God is there. There's no need. Everything is provided for us. It's paradise. And yet they choose Satan. What does it show us? The power of our sin nature. The power. If anybody, it's not even a believer, That makes no common sense. A thousand years. I'm not talking two weeks. I'm talking a thousand years in paradise. 
in perfection with God in control. The reason they make the wrong decision, they're deceived by Satan. We can do it. I want to be on my own. I'm not interested. See, probably during most of those years, they looked like they were Christians from the outside. But God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on the inside. And he knew they were really not believers. Inwardly, they were not. So what you have to understand is many people in our churches today, they look like they're good, they're here, they're whatever, they give money, they do baptism, they do all the things. And yet, really, in your heart, Jesus said it like this, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, I kind of had everybody else fooled. Well, you don't ever have God fooled. Here's a verse you need to understand. Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know? Who really knows how bad it is? See, we don't even know how horrible, without God, our sin nature is. Our inherent nature is sinful from the moment of conception. We're born in sin. Not because of mom and dad, but their nature went to us. Their DNA went to us. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And it started with the deceiver, Satan, with Eve and Adam. Man sins because he's a sinner. There's something else you have to understand. I'll go through it very quick. He did it to give these people that would be born a chance to choose Jesus Christ. Many will, but some won't. Here's the other thing. People today think it's a matter, I'm not sinful, it's a matter of my environment. You might say, well, I'm not a Christian because, Pastor Mark, you have no idea what kind of home I lived in. My mom and dad were horrible people. My dad abused me sexually. I have no education. I wasn't able to go to school. If I was born in a good environment, I would absolutely serve God. The environment is not the issue. It's your sinful nature and my sinful nature. Where were Adam and Eve born? Paradise. It's perfect. Everything was perfect. But what did they do? Chose to try to be God themselves. I'll rule my own life. This is exactly what these people do. They're only there a few days. I don't know how many days Adam and Eve were there before they did. These people, up to a thousand years in paradise. Everything is perfect, and they choose to rebel against God. It's not the environment. It's the heart of man. Now, Jesus had a solution for this. You know this. The only solution to our sin nature is to be born again. Look at this next verse. Jesus, one day, Nicodemus came to him. He's a very religious Jewish person, really a good person. He knew the law. He knew everything. He tried to keep it well. He wanted to be a good person. He came to Jesus. And Jesus said, "Uh, your problem is you think your religion, your environment makes you ready for heaven. It's not. Look what he says. I assure you, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. What does it mean born again? It means spiritually. 
He had a perfect environment, but it was religion. It was dead religion. The Jewish people didn't believe in Jesus at all. So Jesus said to his, and by the way, later Nicodemus did come to Christ, and he was part of the burial of Jesus. But see, it wasn't the environment. It was his heart. He was saying, I'm good enough to go to heaven. Jesus said, no, you've got to be born again spiritually. Then you can go to heaven. Now, when you and I see that, what happens at the end? Look at Revelation 20, verse 9. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people in the city he loves, Jerusalem. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Instantly, all people that chose Satan died. And where would they spend eternity? The same place Satan will. Look at verse 20. And the devil, Satan, was de- who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The lake of fire is the last place. It's kind of a picture of hell. It's the last place. And notice, the beast, the Antichrist, had already been, a thousand years before, had already been thrown there. And they're still there. See, some people say, well, pretty soon after I die, if I go to hell for a couple of years, it doesn't matter, or a thousand years, I, I will just annihilate. I will become nothing. Wrong. You will live when you die forever, forever, eternity, how you chose. If you chose heaven, that's where you live forever. But to choose heaven, you got to choose Jesus. They don't choose Jesus. Satan will be there with the Antichrist and the false prophet forever because they made a decision to serve themselves as God. So the final battle ends with Satan joining all of them forever and ever. Here's why God gave us this picture of the thousand years of paradise. Look at John 3.16. You know it. For God so loved what? The whole world is everybody. He wanted to give these people that would be born a chance like everybody else. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's the proof again that every single person needs a savior. What I was telling you when I opened this travelogue, this is your future if you're a believer. You'll live in paradise with Jesus. But if you reject Jesus, you will end up exactly where Satan ended up, separated from God in the lake of fire forever. It's a real place. It's not a fake place. It's not an idea of man. That's where. Now, does God want you there? No. Here's the truth. Who does he have there right now? He's got false prophet, and here's Satan going to be there, and the Antichrist. See, hell was made for the devil and his demons, not for Christians. That's why Jesus came, and he died on the cross for you and for me. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your